What would happen if we had the audacity, the courage, the boldness, and the presence to lean into our edges and grow from our core? See, in a world that's shaped by yesterday's leaning into tomorrow's, we find ourselves weaving possibilities in an endless constellation of opportunities. The world has shifted. And now we find ourselves in a whole new space-time continuum where lifestyle, business, and consciousness get to share the same offer space as your purpose and your brand. Welcome to the Supernova Podcast. I'm your hostess, Lena Ski. This is a never-ending chronicle, a narrative really, speaking into the emergence, the futurisms, what's on the cusp of what it is we truly are what it is we're here to really create, how do we bring all of ourselves in and really shift the needle into flow. Catherine, I am so thrilled and excited and I can't believe it's taken us so long to get back together and have this conversation. It's almost a year, isn't it, since we first met now? It is, yeah, because it was was November last year that uh, you were down here in South Africa for the Wellbeing Economy Festival. Yeah, we're coming up for our one-year anniversary, Lena. Yay, yay. (laughs) We'll, we'll be doing a virtual clinkling, ching ching. Yes. <laughs> so I think that might be a really amazing place to start because I mean, quite a few people who have followed the podcast before, they they they've, they got thrown into this concept of well-being, and it was really amazingly received. Um, what's kind of been happening since then? Because it's uh-huh. <laughs> that's a, that's a huge question. That's a huge question. <laughs> loads, loads uh-huh. has happened in in the past year, and actually, I've never stopped and thought about it this way. But uh-huh. it probably could have been one of the most busy years of my life personally, and I think for many of the people who were there too. Um, I mean, our, our host Lorenzo, for example, who mm-hmm. who initiated that conference, has moved from South Africa into the deep. Um, roots of Italian politics and is now a member of, of the Italian Parliament. Mm-hmm. Uh, several of us have resigned from the jobs that we were doing last November and are now part of this tiny, new, but very, we call it the small but mighty um, and crazily ambitious Wellbeing Economy Alliance, which really came out of conversations that fed into that that Pretoria Wellbeing Forum Mm. and a lot of the people who were there are key players in the Wellbeing Economy Alliance. So Mm -hmm. we've been going through all that, I mean, just the enormity of what's the the challenge at hand in terms of creating a wellbeing economy, how do we actually create a staff team so that it it can function and do the things and coordinate and do all the, the linking and, and let alone just you know, bring the people together and get, get, get actually need to get some funds in to make it happen so that that, that yeah. staff team can be something that can, that can carry on. Mm-hmm. So that's been nuts. We've been recruiting people who are entirely new to, new to this space um, mm. and, and that's great too. We've been working, pulling together some of the academics who we heard from at the, at the forum last November in Pretoria too. Mm-hmm try to start to think about well where do we get the evidence base around what a well-being economy might might be about so I mean it's just been it's I feel all the different skill set I mean I've been learning so much as well I mean I've never it's fascinating I've never actually worked for a small organization all my my career such that it is has always been with huge 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 organizations and now I'm in a team of you know 
four or five. <laughs> but that's just so beautiful because this is this is where you get to be agile and and of course there's obviously resources that are missed from those mm. big spaces and and funding that's missed from those big spaces. But here you guys get to really design. We all get to really design what it is that we're wanting to stand for at the end of the day. And exactly, like okay, this didn't yeah. work. Go back, reiterate, reiterate, reiterate. Exactly. And what we're trying to do, which maybe will slow it down a little bit, but I think is, you know, speaks to the essence of what we're trying to do is to, to do that iteration and design in conjunction with this growing list of people who are and organisations who are members of the Wellbeing Economy Alliance. And it's just been beautiful, actually. And it's been one of the most wonderful aspects of the last year is how many organisations have said, yes, we all is doing something that's very necessary now. And my ambition as an organisation or our ambition as an organisation speaks to what we all is about. And I'm going to be part of the this growing family of, of members who are part of trying to transition the economy to something that's more humane and more sustainable. And, and so that diversity of groups who are saying this is the right thing at the right time has just been been really heartening. Though it's really challenging as well because within that diversity you get different perspectives in terms of content, in terms of tactics, in terms of how to work together. And and so that diversity is extraordinarily beautiful and I think we desperately need it because we won't have a chance in hell of, of changing the economy if we don't have a diverse group of players with us. But it also brings with it some very, very delicate challenges. And, and we've, we've learned from one of our members, Systema B, has a beautiful mantra. They say, togetherness above agreement. Oh. Um, we're trying to hold on to that. But, but I mean, Lena, even that's hard because each, each person, if you remember, you know, they feel their idea is, is, is the right one. And they've probably <laughs> a lot and thought about it a lot and done a lot of their own consultations and arrived to a position that's mm. probably quite well, well grounded. And so you know, we can't just say to everyone, Park park your ideas so that's a that's a real challenge but I think it's one that's almost a victim of our success in bringing together a diverse group of people and I guess also part of because potentially what I'm seeing as you're just saying this and I didn't realize this before it's almost like you're creating a new industry I so, but I hope with none of the bad, bad notions of industry. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, totally notion of industry. Like, I, I mean, seeing this with the, the, the zero waste plastic movement, um, and one of my clients is closely linked to that. And now there is a board that's kind of looking at these kind of spaces. There are now awards going out. So it's a whole new ecosystem that's being created. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's something we're really struggling with is what's the, what's the collective noun? Because um, there is a movement out there of which sort of the zero waste plastic would be a subset of this sort of, sure. I'd say, the wider movement. Um, so and the circular economy plays, sort of, I mean, the whole economic democracy movement, the measures of progress, and all of those are key pl- pillars of how we might change the economy. So there's all these sub sub movements and our membership of we all is only a tiny, tiny little fraction of that much wider group. And we're, we're, to be honest, we're still figuring out what is, is alliance the right word or is just a group to support those who are already working. What would be the the word, the noun for that? I'm, I'm currently stuck on the word, you know, we are a, a collaboration. So collaboration in, not just the verb, but the noun. So we're still, we're still figuring out. You're right, yeah, trying to support that, that growing ecosystem that's m- much bigger than all of us. 
yeah that's nice I like that mm. yeah it's it's, it's uh, both frightening and equally exciting and awe-inspiring thing to be a part of like I can and, and we're yeah. all kind of drawn to something in us whether it's the we um you know the well-being economy or the alliance or something of that magnitude or something of a smaller magnitude there's something rising in all of us and it's finding that languaging and finding what it is that's that's wanting to come together yes indeed indeed and finding the right way to listen out there yes. too because people, oh, yes. people offer their voices and step forward in different ways and being attentive to the maybe the non-traditional ways of, that we might be people might be wanting to get involved and it's something we need to be yeah very conscious of I think as you said that it just you know I, I get so I, I'm so interested in, I think it's the World Economic Forum put out the 2022 mm -hmm. now skill set future skills that we need in, in in companies and they've basically taken the 2015 or the, the, the 2010 one and they've just rearranged the order and I can see <laughs> There's still value in, okay, we need more creative skills. We need more analytical skills. We need more of this. But where is the listening? Where, where are like mm. these fundamental human skills coming in? So I'm so yeah. glad you mentioned that. <laughs> Do you know, I often used to think, you know, if, we, if so many people are doing the talking around this, and there is a great chatter around how we change the, how we change the economy. There's so much work there. But I often think, who is it who's doing this? listening and I I hope that that's something I'll be able to do but in a proactive listening sense in that one of the things I, I really see as a core part of my day job for we all is to weave together all that work that other people are doing and, and the sort of geeky term for it is I, I want to prepare synthesis products um, knowledge products so whether they're a longer report weaving together the current cutting-edge knowledge on a particular topic and then and doing fact sheet summaries of that or podcast summaries or blogs. and um, But it's very much, um, it won't be my own work. It will be weaving together and listening to the work of others um, in all, all its different sense, whether that's community workers, it's you know, people actually rolling up their sleeves and doing this, whether it's academics who are diving deep into sort of the creation of, of the evidence base around this so and, and evidence in all its diversity too. Oh. Yeah, I should. I should actually. I might. Maybe that's my new job title. Maybe the sort of we all listener. <laughs> all listener. He's yeah. mapping out all yeah. the synergies <laughs> and synapses between all these different things. That's absolutely so needed these days. Because we, mm, we don't indeed. see how it connects, and and well being feels like part of part of the core almost definition of the word is that interconnectedness. Entirely, yes, yeah, entirely, entirely, and we would call ourselves. I mean, the well-being economy actually. Like, what is what is that so? Yeah, so so this is something we're currently debating. I'm, I <laughs> I have my own sense of it, and I think others will have their own sense of it. And, and some people are saying, "Well, we need a, a a strong definition." I'm I'm in two minds about that because if we. I don't want to be too exclusive. I want. I think that one of the beauties of the term wellbeing economy is that a lot of people feel it resonates with their work. Mm -hmm. But and as soon as you put a ring around it, people will say, "Oh, maybe I'm maybe I'm not in that." Which could be a good thing too. I think you could have too broad a church. So my mind is currently open about the the way forward. But my own personal view of what a wellbeing economy is about um, is, is about an economy that's designed fundamentally in a different way to the current one and focuses first and foremost on delivering human 
and ecological well-being. Mm -hmm. And the benefit of that is that it won't create so many problems in society and in the environment that we currently are now seeing policymakers scrambling to attend to and we're seeing that in a lot of there are some terms I use quite a, a bit in, in in some writing I've been doing for a book um, there are concepts around in social policy you might talk of failure demand how, how much of the the policy and expenditures that government deliver in the social and economic sense is because of our failure to create good lives for people so things like um, top-up salaries for people on, on poverty wages, um, a lot of the accident and emergency because people are feeling so stressed and alienated in their lives that they're going to, you know, harming themselves uh, or harming others and then turning up at the hospitals or in the you know, criminal justice system. And, and it's like an onion once you start looking at this idea of fairly demand. But lots of expenditure and is really in the realm of fixing in, in, in terms of sort of treating and healing rather than preventing. In, in environmental um, economics, scholars would talk about this notion of defensive expenditures oh. and how much money gets spent basically cleaning up because um, of the unsustainable and environmentally harmful aspects of the economy. So whether that's carbon capture and storage or cleaning up um, oil pollutions or in the hospitals paying for treatment of asthma because of um, pollution in the, in the air and particulates yeah. in the air that are showing up in people's lungs. Mm-hmm. So, that, so that's sort of the, the environmental side of it. And then in individual terms, there's a wonderful phrase, um, depressing though, coined by Serge Latouche, who's the, the French economist, and he talks about consolation goods and, and how so many of us spend our money on things that are consoling us because our lives are stressed or precarious or we feel a sense of alienation or we don't feel in control of our lives. And, gosh, I mean, I'm guilty of that. I'm, I'm you know, the one who's going to have the you know, bottle of red wine on a Friday night after a stressful week. But, I mean, I, I can be flippant in it, but these things are really serious and there's a they start to, to add up. And... They speak to, I think, how much of what our economy is churning out at the moment is creating so much harm across so many different spheres, whether it's social policy in the individual realm or in the environment, that we then have to go to a lot of trouble um, and all the, I mean, you can imagine all the political bargaining and manoeuvring to try and deliver policies to deliver this sort of treatment. I mean, in the UK, where I'm based at the moment, in the last few years, there's this really toxic language around people who are claiming welfare benefits or social protection benefits, around dividing them into strivers and skivers. I mean, it's just such a hostile... That would would actually be interesting, superimposed onto if we ever did get to the, um, what is it, the... The global, what is it? I've got blank on the word, like the global salary, the universal income. Oh, yes, universal basic income. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. Like, that's that a bit, follow yeah. suits, if that's already Exactly. And I think part of, part of the objective for fun, that advocates for a universal basic income say is that it's not means tested, that you don't judge people. It's un, it, the beauty of it is that it's unconditional. Um, and I think. I think that's, yeah, that's one of the most lovely aspects that everyone has an entitlement to basic level of support. 
thought. Yeah. But, but it's sort of in, in, you add up all those different trends and they speak to what Herman Daly would call uneconomic growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, that so much of the growth we're seeing at the moment is, is built on these foundations of, you know, essentially sticking plasters. So, so there's a very long winded way about certainly your question, but to me, a wellbeing economy is one that doesn't make those mistakes that actually is designed proactively in a way that democratizes wealth much more fairly through different forms of business that doesn't operate in it doesn't do so much harm to the environment so it's circular it prices nature it's regenerative even even better it actually is healing healing nature it helps people feel in control of their lives and whether that's through different modes of you know participatory deliberative democracy through their participation in their workplaces, through their sense that their their jobs have meaning and and purpose. So it's a whole, it's such a multifarious array of of different changes and elements, but to me they can all be boiled down to getting a right first time round and getting the economy to do more of the heavy lifting in delivering good lives for people. Sorry, that is such a crazy long-winded answer. I should have, I need to, what is it people say? You you need your elevator pitches and I clearly need to get that (laughs) We'll work on that. We'll, we'll, we'll do that after. <laughs> That'd be cool. <laughs> as you say that, it's like it's it's so it feels so durable as I hear you say that. Even though there's a lot of different elements and I guess red tape and levels to it. If we were as humanity were able to come up with such a convoluted, complicated mm-hmm. maze of a system with so many dead ends and so many levels and buts and ors and one point twos to to this cold big mission statement this just feels so much easier for starters it feels so much more doable i'm so happy to hear you say that one thing i find really heartening is that the evidence that this is what people want comes from so many diverse sources so i personally i'm a a sort of student of deliberative democracy and so i i listen to you know community community conversations and have been part of um, doing participatory measures of progress, whether it's in Scotland or in India, and and a mutual friend of ours, Justine, did some work in Namibia. Mm -hmm. And when you go and speak to people about what really matters to them, and I'm not talking sort of an opinion polling company just, you know, ringing someone in the middle of their cooking dinner when they're stressed and busy, but really sitting down with people and having a conversation with them about what matters, where they can debate and discuss with each other, you get the same sort of results. And then when you attend to, you know, you turn away and you look from other different sources, whether it's religious texts or whether it's development scholarship, you know, the work of people like Amartya Sen or Manfred Max Neef or Martha Nesbaum, or, or you then look at the work of sociologists or epidemiologists or neuroscientists, even in the very detailed brain scans, we see that there is some common elements that are what what really make us innately human. And they're about relationships, sense of security, feeling in control, um, feeling your but your you're belonging to a, a bigger group, so a sense of you know, relatedness. Uh, and so those things they're across everywhere and whichever route you get to them to find that same answer, they, I think that's at the very kernel of what a well-being economy is about. So we know we're standing on pretty solid universal ground mm-hmm. and then the diversity comes in, right, how do we get there? Yeah. And, and knowing that all is, all is welcome, even though there needs to be a clearer strategy or a clear strategy, knowing that all of these different conversations are welcome. Yeah, because, I mean, they all matter. I mean, you, you, you know, for example, you couldn't have... 
um, a shorter working week, which I think in, in sort of the, the worst, in many parts of the world is really important. People feeling mm -hmm. so stressed on that, you know, doing long working hours and they're not able to attend to family and community and environmentally um, positive activities. So for example, a shorter working week or, but you can't just have that on its own because yeah. if people are still feeling that their income is precarious or feeling huge pressure to consume because of the, the idea that citizenship is, is dependent on what you own rather than who you are. So you, you, the tricky thing is that so many of these different policies need to almost happen simultaneously because to have one go out on its own will just be setting it up to fail and it will it, because it won't be, it'll be alone in a system that's still anti that those sorts of changes that will be running against the grain. And I think that comes back to what the big challenge and the big need for something like the Wellbeing Economy Alliance yeah. is to try and link all those different different aspects and those different policies and different changes, different projects, different initiatives together. I'm so glad you mentioned that because that also just reminded me of some of the other conversations that have been happening in, in the season of this podcast is mm -hmm. it, it could then just even best intentions, we're all doing this work because we really believe in it, it'll then just either land as a team building exercise or as a campaign or something like that. And it'll never really infiltrate and become part of the DNA of the company or the community or the city or the organization mm -hmm. or whatever scale we're working on. Yeah. If it, yeah, if it, if it's on its own, yeah, that's a, that's a real challenge. And, and then also you get you, that gives people the naysayers and there's a lot of, Folks who are still, I mean, it's very, probably very rude of me, which isn't constructive, but I would say have quite 20th century view of how the economy it's does work. <laughs> but but if, if you have one or two policies along these lines, but then they fail because they're alone, that then gives um, the, the naysayers a reason to dismiss the whole agenda. Yeah. Um, but but the challenge is we need to sort of hold on to that system wide conversation. Yeah. But it also makes it really hard because people like doing things by experimenting, by radical incrementalism, as my friend Maya would would talk about. So there's some real tensions and challenges, as you know, when you're actually calling for something that's system wide. But how do you take your first steps into that? Mm. Um, Which you just have to get back to it. that word that you used, alliance, because then it does almost feel like. You know, even if this, like if I'm experimenting on this piece and somebody's experimenting on this piece and all these different pieces are being experimented with somewhat in the same community or in the same space or in the same, obviously on the same planet, then it'll start to, to snowball and hopefully, hopefully ground some anchors. I hope so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we know we know that people, whether they're policymakers or businesses or individuals, that people like learning from each other and being inspired by each other and modelling what others do. Um, very, it's very rare to have that person who really is the sort of the, genuinely the first one. We're much better at being that second person to get up to dance, and I'm sure everyone's seen that lovely video. We're we're very we're being this, you know, being the second early adopters is easier than being the, the really the one who really puts your neck out. And, and that's a good thing, actually, because that those sort of early adopters and second person to get and third person to get up to dance are what we need to create the flourishing of these initiatives. And if you can do that on even just at the, the micro niche level in terms of projects or different businesses, you can then start to, if more and more people are emulating for example, designing businesses with a pro-social purpose. If more and more businesses are doing that, then you'll start to move towards 
dare I say it, even a tipping point, a new normal, mm-hmm. where suddenly it just you get this exponential change. And then you'll have policymakers looking at it saying, crikey, there's something else going on here. Maybe we need to attend to the policy regime to make it more conducive to these sorts of business models as well. Mm-hmm. So you get that lovely, I guess, beautiful ricocheting effect between the projects and then the policy regime and back and forth. Oh. Um, ideally, <laughs> that's the hope. Yeah. No, absolutely. I, I, I can I can see that. I mean, a tipping point is, I think, critical for the data to kind of build up and for people to kind of, for the naysayers to just be at that enough down for, for the yes-sayers to kind of really see what's happening. In exactly. That. But yeah, so that, 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 that's another whole balance and tipping point conversation to have. But Entirely, yeah. entirely. Yeah, it's ho- it makes me hopeful though. And I think we see these things can happen really, really quickly. And I mean, before we started the recording, you were mentioning that the zero plastic agenda. Yeah. I mean, that, that has just happened very, very quickly. I mean, it's only one piece of the puzzle, but it does show how changes and design systems and consumption behaviors and you know what's seen as acceptable um i mean my my 18 year old step daughter now carries around a stainless steel straw in her handbag probably three years ago wouldn't have been thought of that and now that is a new normal and you know she's all her friends are doing the same it, so stuff can happen quickly oh, yeah absolutely and, and then holding it it feels like in in having that next system to plug into and feels like it's important so that it doesn't then become that isolated thing. Yes. Yeah. And, and then I think that's really a nice reminder to me to keep talking about that bigger t- higher level vision that it's not just a utopian vision. It actually helps people know what they're working towards and to be proud of that. So that's, that's helpful words that you've offered to me there. Oh, that's useful. <laughs> Oh, I know. I know we could carry on talking forever, and I'm, I'm also just being mindful of the time. And there was just there's really so much wisdom bubbling and percolating here. Um, how, how's the website doing? Our website, yeah. I, well, I hope you like it. <laughs> okay. well, so, so we can send people to the. Yeah. So so it's wellbeingeconomy.org. Uh-huh. Um, or one or one word or wellbeingeconomy.org and it's it's still being built up um okay. so people will see i guess what we hope will become the tip of the iceberg but there's a list of members there's some material around how we're getting our heads around system change happening there's an introduction to this tiny tiny little team and we our nickname for the team the amplifiers Aww. not the secretariat or the staff team or the i don't know the i don't know what else I don't know the project team. We we call ourselves the amplifiers, and that's very deliberate because we see ourselves not as the rock stars, but wanting to amplify the work of others. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, for example, your your podcasts. We should you know let's let's hope we can tweak them out. That be one just very mm-hmm. small example of the sort of amplifying we want to do. Uh, there's some literature on there that and we're building up and if anyone listening has brilliant guides or resources or videos that they think should be featured on it um, do send it along um, and we can put it on the website we're really wanting to have a place where people can go and feel they have at their fingertips a lot of different information about a well-being economy mm. so it's building up and we've got we just had um, some analytics done for the first few weeks of its existence and I think the key thing out my comms colleague Lisa um, is pleased about that people are spending longer on our website than is the average for most websites. So that's that's a good sign that they're, they're and, dwelling. And that's, a, that's a much better growth metric than anything else. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's a good example of engagement. 
yeah. Oh, yeah. So you guys, are, you took us. You guys are totally like owning this and living this. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, we're we're, yeah, we're struggling. We're struggling. We think we're moving forward in the right direction. And I mean, it's the only reason it feels right is because of all, all the sort of additional people wanting to be part of the conversation with us. So that's that's just why we we know we must be doing something okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you well, you know, my my hand is up right now. <laughs> oh. Lovely. Thank you. you (laughs) Reaching out to give you a high five. (laughs) Yay. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Catherine. I'm sure if if time allows for it again and and your busy schedule, maybe we can do a follow-up conversation to see how it's going and to see how how things are shifting. And of course, I'd love that. The conversation. I would love that. That'd be great. Right there. That would be my pleasure. Yay. have it there's no more room at the edge of maybe in fact maybes have been taken out and scrapped all the list all together because you're not just in business to create products and services i mean that might have been what got you out of bed this morning that might be what's getting you to pay the bills but you're here to own so much more you're here to encapsulate so much more and embody so much more you're actually in the business of creating openings, shaping connections, and establishing engagement. And this is your exact moment in the space-time continuum to find yours. Because you are moments away from being in the whole new class of emergence and sharing your genius in a very unique, bold way. This has been Lena Ski for the Supernova Podcast. And if you like this, love this, absolutely roared about this, check on over to our Patreon page because there's some extra awesome things happening there for all our patrons. And of course, we could always do with more exponential love to really catapult this future of work into the way that's actually going to make a difference in the world. But, and so much more, if you're ready to become magnetic, evolutionary and a whole lot more in charge of what it is you're putting out into the world and intuitively design the products, businesses, service, solutions and the talents you need to discover and deliver that thing that's unique to you and the DNA of what it is that's being birthed in this moment. You're going to love everything else happening over at www.lenaski.com. See you there.